Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to your God's Love podcast. I am Haley Helveston. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Juliette Aboto here, and she is a master hypnotherapist and NLP master practitioner. She also trains hypnotherapists and NLP practitioners. So welcome. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yes, you're welcome. I'm so excited to talk with you because I believe, and obviously you do, and I'm, this is why I'm so excited about this, is the fact that the subconscious mind controls so much of our lives and we don't even realize it. Yeah. So tell it's us more about what you're doing. So um, with for my, my company, um, my practice, Ford Institute, we create and design brain trainings for um, high-achieving, high high-performing overthinkers. Because, um, because with overthinkers, their conscious minds um, kind of take over and it makes it more difficult to hit their goals, whether it's in love, life, or career business. So with the brain training programs, we create alignment between your conscious mind, your subconscious mind, and your unconscious mind. So with this alignment, it's easier for you to hit your goals in any area of your life. Mm, yes, I love that. And then is, because I just thought of this, is part of the overthinking, what is that? Is that a lack of self-trust? Yeah, so oftentimes um, people, adults that now overthink, they, they weren't able to voice their concerns in their youth. So they weren't able to speak or voice a lot of things. So they had to keep that internalized and think it. So a lot of their dialogue is internalized, whether it's good or bad. And when it's internalized, it makes you unable to decipher what's real or what's not real and what's your voice and what's not really your voice. Mm. So parents, what? They just told them, you will believe what I believe? And, and maybe sometimes directly, <laughs> sometimes indirectly, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like if you, if you're a child and you voice your opinion and your, your parents say, no, that's not true. It's like, why not? Cause I'm the mom or because I say so, because I said so, or no, just don't do that. And so after a while, as a child, you get used to that. And then you go to school and if your teachers or anyone in authority doesn't kind of listen to you, you just keep it in, you keep internalized. Um, if you, then you are in a friend group where you're not like really, like there's a leader or there's, you know, a ringmaster and you kind of fall back, then you continue to internalize it. And so as an adult now, most of the things that you experience are internalized. Mm, wow. That is really powerful because I think that even what you're saying for, you know, me talking about sexuality, it's like if people don't have a voice of what their sexual needs are or even know what those are, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and you can see it in little things that you do. Like, for example, if you are um, a cisgender heterosexual woman and you, and you often go to get your nails done, for example, but mm -hmm. then you don't like how your nails are done, but you don't say anything to the nail technician. And you just cry about it and you're just like upset now imagine when you're with your partner and they're just doing stuff and you you don't really like it and you you don't really express your dissatisfaction but there is this level of dissatisfaction and as you progress in your relationship you're not really apt to engage sexually it's not something that you like really look forward to it's more of an obligation 
and that mm. energy of obligation it goes stale you know and so it's not even when people say that sex is an important part of the relationship the reason why is because during sex it, sex it amplifies the issues within the relationship mm -hmm. so is it communication is it um you know rapport like are you in rapport um do you listen do you how what is your love language you know all those things are amplified during sex so it's not really sex that creates the the issue it's outside of the bedroom is where the issues start oh my gosh and i love that you just said that because i personally couldn't have an orgasm i was just so disconnected from my sexuality that's one of the reasons let me do it to do what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. And I think that what you're saying is so true because I remember literally being like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, like, like is everything there yet? <laughs> I feel like it's maybe I'm getting caught. No. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And it's not like, I mean, I was with people that they cared and they wanted to, but like, that's why I love, you know, what you're saying and what I'm doing is like, it's taking, it's like really saying, no, your needs matter too. So, in terms of for the overthinkers that are listening, or for the people that have been taught that, hey, my voice doesn't matter and that's affecting me sexually and in every area of my life, how do you teach them to start to you know, voice their needs? So if you are someone that needs to do it step by step, you start by writing it down, writing down your needs in a mm -hmm. journal, right? And then you talk about what you need in each area of your life. Like make it clear to yourself what you truly want and need and so once it's clear to yourself, then you'll be able to consistently express that to who, whomever or where, wherever you need to express it. Because you never want to, because another thing that happens is like, if you're not unclear of what you need, then that communication is going to be unclear to the person that you need it from. You yeah. know, like, it's like, you're like, I need someone who takes charge. And you're like, don't push me. <laughs> it's like, they're mm -hmm. like, wait, what would you, <laughs> what do you want? Really? Yeah. So what's very clear to you, what you truly, truly want, not what people tell you that you want or what people tell you that you should want, what you actually want. Um, you're able to say that consistently and stay aligned with that. And mm -hmm. when you're in alignment, it's easy. It comes to you easily. But here's the question though, how do people even know what they want? So a good thing to ask yourself is, is really, this is a time when that's when you start to connect with your subconscious mind. And if you wanna understand where answers come from, so I want you to think of a number between one and 15. Now, what popped into your head? Where did, 10? you know, what, 10, where did that number come from? It just came to my mind. That is you getting answers from your subconscious. So it just comes out of nowhere. So when you figure out, to figure out what you want, it's essentially, what do you think you can't have? What do you think you can't do? Or who do you think you can't be? And so answer those questions, like what you absolutely, what, and then that kind of shows you what you actually want. Because what you actually want, you feel like you're limited from getting it. And so that's what keeps, that's what creates the, um, the misalignment or the unhappiness. Mm. So if that's it's so interesting. 
yeah because often like what you say you you who can you not be or want that's really the opposite that's like what you truly want Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I like what you said about the fact that it's like, no, you need to focus on first what you think you can't have. And then, because, you know, a lot of people say that, oh, you know, it seems like a lot of people have this limiting belief of not being able to have it all, right? They, the relationship, the sex life, the business, and the health. Yeah. Because we've been taught that we can't have it all. Yeah. And, and the thing is, so a life like that is not fun to watch, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to watch a reality show where everyone's happy. Like, you have to be rich and have drama or poor and have, like, a, a journey that they have to hit because it's entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. But it's more fun to live, right? And there are people that have it all. They're just not promoted online or in films or movies because it's not entertaining to watch. But it's amazing to live. So remember that. Like, this is possible. And those people are just living their lives. They don't really need to show you, you know, behind the scenes. Of, um, some some people are, are generous enough to, like, give us a peek, like, on YouTube or with vlogs and stuff. But even then, um, it's good to understand that not everything is perfect, but you can have it all at, at some point in time. It does play out like that. Yeah. And, uh, and if, if and then if you see something that people promote, just because it's popular doesn't mean it's right. So if you don't want to be in a marriage, if you don't want just one partner, then that is fine. That you are living on the fringe, but you are living your truth. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up too, because to be honest, I've experimented with both, you know, and I think that it's like everybody has to figure out what, what is right for them, you know? Exactly. Like I've interviewed, I don't know if you checked out the podcast yet, but I've interviewed people that are pro pro non-monogamy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like this one lady is like, it is the only way like, like that episode was so fun. But then yeah. I also have the other people that are like, no, like monogamy is literally the only way. So yeah, it's like I've done both. I don't think I'm still like in this little flow of figuring out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly and 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 it's like and the thing is if you want it there's there's someone out there that wants it too or multiple people out there might want it too and and then you should make the journey or the experience of finding those people fun so then you're not focused on the fact that you haven't found them yet right like if you're dating on and you're playing and you know that at the end of the day i'm gonna end up with the person that i that's my person and i understand that i have to go through some type of process it's not Mm -hmm. like amazon shopping you know (laughs) it's not like that's it it's more like going to a vintage fair right and you're like looking through the stuff but it's like find it's like a treasure hunt it's a treasure hunt make it fun like go on different types of date have different types of experiences like virtual roulette rooms now (laughs) Mm -hmm. or um and someone's like I know I think you would like this person I'm like okay let's meet them like what's even and so for me as uh um someone that was highly sensitive to people and energies I always like kind of felt like I didn't want to do dates because it's like oh I'm have to deal with this person or go here but then when I flipped it around to making it like an experience like okay so this person if I meet them then that could 
like I saw my dating life almost like a dominoes, like a line of dominoes. So I need to go on this date with this person to eventually go here and do that and then meet my person, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's not really about this date. It's about this date being a part of the great bigger picture. So then it made the date less of a big deal and more like, oh, hey. And I've actually made some great friends just going on dates you know and um and it's like just because you go on date with person person doesn't mean like you're engaged like they could they'd be like you know what you're actually really good i think you'll get really go get along really well with my roommate or like my friend or my brother like i need to tell you know you can meet that one person that introduced you to your person like i've seen so many weddings where that has happened so it's possible right And when you think about all the possibilities that this person could come into your life, it gets you excited. You start to look around and you're like, every opportunity is an opportunity for love, right? That's a different feeling than feeling stressed out about one date, one call, one, one meeting, one party, one this. It's like, we could do all of that <laughs> and then some like, you know, um, it's, you know, it's, it, you never know. Like you look at the, the world and your life from a bird's eye view or like, you know, the space shuttle view and then you zoom back in and you kind of see, uh, you just have this little small ecosystem. That's your life. So that person is somewhere there. <laughs> like they're closer than you think they're, they're somewhere. They're having coffee somewhere. <laughs> well, probably at home. At this, <laughs> they're, they're at home. <laughs> you know what they're at? They're at home. So, yeah. how can you get into their home online, right? No, I love the way you have you heard the book. What is it called? How to play the game of life? Yeah, yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, because I like I like the idea of what you're saying in terms of like gamifying it because I think sometimes people look at dating as this stressful thing of finding the one and that's so much pressure yeah exactly it's like and they make it like like a competition between you and the and and like the person that you desire mm-hmm. it's like why is it why is it a competition why is it war why is this like it could be fun like you know mm-hmm. like a good a good game but it doesn't have to be a war it doesn't have to be a battle mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, like you can tell um, some pe- how some people look at it like that. It's it's the energy's off, and so how can you find anything good from emitting an energy like that? Mm. Right. Yeah. Yes, and then I wanted to also ask you too, like how did you even get into this work? So I actually got so my background is in software sales. I was tech sales. And so um, software as a service, so it's like um, online service providers. So when I present to people, I had to sell them the intangible. So I got into NLP for sales, New Linguistic Programming for Sales, mm-hmm. to be able to communicate with people online and um, effectively. And then later on, I tried hypnotherapy because I was I was sick of getting into relationships and then having the relationship or breakup take over my life and impact my, my success in other areas. Like I would get really, really attached or down after a breakup. 
And so I finally said, like, I have way too, <laughs> that was cute in college when I skipped the test, but <laughs> not, not now. I can't skip work. So I was like, this, has, this pattern has to stop. And so um, I discovered hypnotherapy. I went to hypnotherapist and I was able to learn about, like, cord cutting, Ooh. visualization of cutting the cords of a relationship. And so this relationship would have been really, really bad for me mentally, but it turned out to be like, wow, okay. So, and then I started to develop healthier coping mechanisms. And now like, I don't, and then it was, because of that, it was easier for me to get into relationships or get better relationships because I no longer feared a breakup. Cause I'm like, if it doesn't work, it's fine. Cause I gave it my all, you know, like it's, and I could give it my all because I have more left to give even afterwards. So once I knew about, so I knew about the NLP and power hypnosis, but then I kind of moved on with my career and then just like took what I learned until I got into business for myself. So I had an agency, a marketing and mobile app agency, and I also did help startups get, uh, female entrepreneurs get funding for their new businesses because I saw that a lot of them were struggling to get any type of funding. And so I taught um, a program on that. And then through the program, as I got more popular, I noticed that my success rates would drop in terms of who got funding. And I couldn't figure out why, like, we literally gave them step by day by day what to do to get funding for, in 90 days. All you had to do was log in and do the work, right? Mm-hmm. But people would drop off for some reason. And I'm like, all right, so I added audios, I added videos, I added workbooks. I did what I could, the conscious work. And then I just got really burnt out. And I imagine like some of them were burnt out or upset from the past experiences with funding. So their belief systems were messed up. And so I discovered hypnosis through a program. And then I said, I, I want more people to experience this. I need my clients to experience this. I need more, more people. Even my mobile app clients, I, I felt like you need to experience this too because you can't envision like your app being successful, but you're investing in an app. Like you, everyone needs to work on their mindset, everybody. And so, and I'm like, I, how can I do this? And so I found a certification program and I end up going, spending the entire year in the certification all the way to trainers training. And then after that, I did more, um, I did several other hypnotherapy programs because I just knew hypnotherapy was what I want, the modality that I wanted to focus on. Because mm-hmm. I just saw like the change, the transformation is immediate. And then with brain training, it becomes your natural setting. Like it, it just unlocks this new identity, a new brain, neural networks, everything. Wow. You create, you create. So essentially with hypnosis, what the reason why it works so well is because the, it hits you spiritually, subconsciously, and also biologically because it elicits emotional responses and reactions that create, that activate certain neurochemicals, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you're creating new neurochemicals and firing um, new neurons, you're creating new neural networks and pathways and, that your brain can now get used to versus your old ones. So like when you break up with someone, you're, you don't, you're, you're not true and you know it's not good for you, but if it hurts so much to end it, 
because of your neurochemicals and the neurons were used to firing in a certain way when you're in that relationship. So when you end it and you're trying to create a new pattern, there's some discomfort. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So that, so you you kind of get addicted to the stress and the pain mm-hmm. and every, you get addicted to it. You get, cause your brain is used to it. So you go through withdrawals. And so it feels like you're supposed to be with this person, even though you're, it's so toxic, but it's really a biological thing. So now that you're aware of that, you can tap into something else to replace that, that, um, those firing of neurons so you get a new hobby you start to put your passion to a new project and you start to go into flow and create these new neurochemicals of happiness joy and you have a a healthier attachment to something and so your brain is like oh okay let's forget about gary then let's focus let's focus on a paint and sip (laughs) Sip yeah let's do that instead like let's focus on this garden um (laughs) and so (laughs) And so what hypnosis does, it helps relieve that level of discomfort and accelerate the transformation and shift. Mm, I love that. Yeah, because it seems like, okay, so what about, okay, so what you're saying is, is that hypnosis is almost, is it more powerful than, because you know, nowadays everybody's talking about all these different techniques. Would you say that is the most powerful way of reprogramming someone in terms of the fact that you know, maybe they're struggling with depression, anxiety, uh, money issues, whatever it is, that's the most powerful way? Yeah. Aside from um, medication, it's, it's definitely the most powerful way because your mind, it's your mind. Yeah. Because a lot of times when someone's depressed, they keep telling themselves, I did a story on this last night about this, like whatever story you keep telling yourself is what you're going to be. Exactly. Exactly. So with, with depression, Often, so with depression, just the neurochemicals and the biology, bi- biology behind it, mm-hmm. um, the medication that you do, the serotonin receptors, like depending on what your um, doctor prescribes to you, that is what the medication is doing. So with hypnosis, you can get the same similar effects by raising, by increasing those levels of the happy chemicals, the neurochemicals and the neurotransmitters that emit those chemicals to give you that feeling of happiness. So if you use hypnosis in, and com- combine it with your uh, medicine and your, your, with, that your doctor prescribes, because I oftentimes get um, referrals from psychiatrists because their patients, it, they don't want them to, this is for holistic psychiatrists mm-hmm. because they don't want their patients to live for the rest of their lives on medication. So in order to do that, when they start to lower the dosage, they start to they send them to me to help them with their brain training. So then this relieves the withdrawal symptoms and gives you more conscious and subconscious control over your mental environment. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so what about the people that are listening that don't have, that aren't on medication, but do deal with that maybe sometimes? Okay, so if you do, so this is like with seasonal um, affective disorder, like, or um, winter blues, or sometimes people get summer blues as well, Mm -hmm. um, because then you can, like, for example, I have a client that just during the summer, she would get so sad during July for some reason, Mm -hmm. and with um, hypnosis, 
and we did a exercise where we traveled to the first time she felt sad in July. And it was linked to the passing of one of her family members. So it's actually linked to a memory and the feeling of that and that imprinted into her subconscious mind that this period within the year is sad. And so she consistently relived that for years and years. And so now, she, but then she forgot why it just has that, that feeling of sadness, but her brain is so used to kicking into that sad mode. So what we did was relieve that um, emotional charge in relation to July. And once we relieved the emotional charge, she no longer um, easily accessed that emotional pattern to create that feeling of sadness in July. So the rest of the month was was fine, and August was is has been fine so far as well, because she's not accessing that pattern anymore. Oh wow, that's great! Yeah. Okay, so what about the people that want to manifest love? So if you want to manifest love, you need to get clear on what love looks like to you. Not what love looks like, you know, to everyone else, but what does love look like to you? And then when you imagine what love looks like to you, see a picture, paint a picture of it in your mind and a snapshot of your life feeling this type of love that you want. Is it like you wake up in the morning and you go to the kitchen and your partner has your um, coffee with turmeric ready for you? And you're like, yay, that you drink your coffee to make you kiss your partner. And you could just imagine like a fuzzy source of being. And you kiss that source of being because you don't ever really want to like give, you don't have to lock in the physical attributes. I, and that's a lot, also another thing. Some people get caught up on the physical attributes. When you need to focus on the feeling that you get when you kiss that being that like kind of like fuzzy being that made you this turmeric coffee when you kiss that being how does that feel like that kiss that energy that flow of energy how does that make you feel does it make you feel excitement does it make you feel security safety does it make you feel bliss what is that feeling and the reason why this is important is because i would have clients that are in relationships but as they're doing their personal development journey they change right mm -hmm. and they start to look at their partner different and they're like i don't think this is person's the one so i say wipe out what you know so far right how do you want to feel and does this person make you feel this way you know, at the end of the day, does this person give you that blissful feeling? Or, you know, when you, like some people don't want bliss. Some people want security and safety. Like deep in your core, when, if that, if you feel that with that person, then you know it's right. You kind of cut off all the other signals and noise, like the fuzziness, and the signal becomes very clear. At the end of the day, this person gives me that, that amazing um, I feel that amazing sense of security with them. And you should feel that without them as well, but it's like with them, it's amplified. So you know it's right, you know? And so it's like they amplify that 
feeling of security, they amplify that feeling of joy, they amplify that um, contentment, that peace. Because everyone has a different need this lifetime, you know? You came here to have a different experience. So if you want, like, a person that's going to um, have you hop on a motorcycle without a helmet <laughs> and do pop willies, that's that's for you, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Or you want someone that, you know, just wants to, like, make coffee and is, let's go back into bed and just, like, spend the day reading. That's for you. So you think about what you really want or someone that gets so excited about like new tech software marketing software is you to like did you see the new <laughs> webinar class like it gets so excited you can talk about it all day and so like you think about that what love looks like to you and what's that feeling that you want at the end of the day because the only person that's that matters is the other person experiencing it with you not your parents your siblings your friends instagram followers no one yeah, and then do you believe in soulmates, twin flames? Um, I do believe in soulmates, but I don't feel like it has to be um, romantic. Like it could be just people you come across. Like I have, like, like I have my soul baby. You know, that's my soul baby. <laughs> um, and then twin flames, I feel like there's a lot of pressure for people to feel like that's something that they need to obtain. So I believe that it can, it can, it can happen, but I don't believe that that is everyone's experience for this time, you know, cause you probably maybe have your twin ex um, flame experience at another point, And now it's time for you to do a, a remodel your soul or another soul experience, you know? So don't, your your um your life experience doesn't have to be linked to romantic partner yeah i agree i also think it's like so much pressure to be like i have to find one person mm -hmm. out of eight billion <laughs> exactly exactly and then too i also think like um people come into your life to activate certain things like that experience like i have a video about like why do four reasons bad things happen to you and it's like you you ask for it like as an adult you may ask for a transformation you could say i want to be stronger emotionally right and then something kick happens to make you stronger emotionally right or if you're someone that wants to become a coach or a thought leader or someone to teach people how to become stronger emotionally then you're going to go through the punches so then you can learn and teach others or it's like sometimes you meet people that are are there to activate these experiences for you to grow as a soul so it's like everything sometimes you have to look at it from this level but then you have to kind of go above and look at it from the bird's eye view and say like what is the purpose of this relationship <laughs> what did i learn from this and if you and so every relationship that you've had you have to like at least take one lesson from it you know to move mm. on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely think that all relationships are great lessons. 100%. And so I feel like when people um, put pressure on, even when you get married, a lot of people kind of like, oh, no, I can't get a divorce. This is my only marriage. I only have one marriage and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but it's okay if you don't. 
<laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I, that I, if you do, awesome. But it's also okay if you don't, because this person, you may have needed to just experience them for 10 years and then give birth to a child, or have a child with this person, that amazing child with this person, and this child wouldn't be the same if you had it with anybody else, right? So. Yeah, I agree with you about that. And and I heard that there are a lot of divorces that are happening now this year. Yeah. It's like, that's good though, because it's the year of like clearing Clear. out to call. Yeah, 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 you know. <laughs> yes, the clearing, definitely emotional, physical, everything. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, so what takeaway would you want everybody to have from this conversation? So what thing that I want everyone to have is that your experience is your experience, right? You need to, if in order to rise above burnout, rise above um, episodes of depression, sadness, discontent, you need to go within first. So once you go within and find and activate your, your self-wealth, your true self, then you can come out and then you can rise about your outer experiences. And then you also start to see how much more powerful you actually are and how much more control you actually have. Because the reason why a lot of people feel out of control or feel a need to control is because they don't believe they have that control. But once you shift that and see how much control and power you actually have, there'll be less of a need to control and there's a be a less of a need needful energy and when you stop needing certain things you'll start to get the things that you actually want so neediness comes from a lack like scarcity basically exactly yeah yeah okay wow so powerful okay so where can everybody find you um you can find me on twitter or instagram at juliet c abodo Okay, sounds great. I will place your links below. So <laughs> be sure to subscribe, like, share the podcast. Let us know what you think about this episode. I would love to hear feedback. And I will see you next week. Bye.